Blog Talk Radio. listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Lifeline broadcast. I'm Apostle Shirley Jones, the Senior Pastor of Rehoboth Family Life Center and the host of this broadcast. Thank you for joining me tonight, and I pray that everyone has had a wonderful day. To God be all the glory. Excuse me. As always, I am just so honored and glad to be a part of this network when Christians speak talk radio network. Uh, This network is doing the work of kingdom building throughout the world. And, you know, and we are in such a time where the gospel must be preached to give hope and encouragement. I want to thank Reverend Ray Rose, the founder of this this network, for your obedience to this assignment. And I pray that the work of this network goes even further in doing kingdom building in 2023 and beyond. To God be the glory. Amen and amen and amen. Well, before I get into uh, the message for tonight, I want to extend an invitation to everyone. Uh, Join us on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time for Rehoboth Family Life Center worship service. You know, we're back in the building, and our Sunday service messages are posted later on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, share Share the messages with your family and your friends. This is such an awesome time to evangelize and share the good news of the gospel. We have completed our Tuesday night Bible study for the year, and we will resume on January 3rd, 2023. We will resume teaching doctrine and foundational truth with the book of Psalms and the following books throughout the year. So you can go to our church Facebook page to get information to connect. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking when I was talking about that, you know, it seems so strange. 2023, it's like, whoa, that is just right here, right here in our face, right here. So I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer because I have a lot I want to share uh, tonight. So I'm going to jump right in. So, Father God, we just thank you, and we bless you, God, and we honor you, God, and we adore you. God, we give you praise, we give you thanksgiving, and we give you glory, God. I thank you for your loving kindness, oh God, and your tender mercies. I pray that, God, that you would bless the listeners tonight and that, God, that they not just be be listeners or hearers, but they will be doers as well. I pray that someone, Father God, will know that everything will be all right and that, God, that they belong to you and you're the author and the finisher of their faith. So I pray tonight that, God, that you would speak out of my clay lips. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And God, as always, I will say that it was you, because it was always you. It's always you, God. It's always you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, the title of my my teaching for tonight is Closed and Open Doors. 
And uh, this is a message message that I uh, gave to the church one last month, and God just began to to bless us. He gave us assignments, and he just revealed a lot of different things. So I'm just led to share that message with you guys tonight. When we think of the truth of the matter of our lives, just think about this. How, how we view life is so determined by so many things, and how we view life is how we live life. You know, I've come to learn that the most sure way to view life and live life is through the lenses of God. I believe that the more that we read and study the Word and truly develop a relationship with the triune God, that's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, a lot of our views and how we live becomes unraveled from so many things and we start to develop a more sure way of thinking and living. Even things we thought we were okay becomes what we no longer want, desire, or think the same about. So what we're going to do tonight, first, we're going to look at some closed doors that we have closed, and we want to get the truth of the matter. Regardless the length of time closed, the circumstances or why we closed the door, Almighty God is letting us know that he is with us, and he is identifying the doors, going inside, sitting with us, and sorting out the issues with us, wanting us to be free indeed, to be all that we have been created to be. Our now seasons to come forth in Jesus' name, amen and amen. And isn't it like God, he is such a, a loving father that, that he wants the best for us, he wants to get the best out of us, and he wants to be able to allow us to have this wonderful, intimate relationship with him. And he comes time and time again to identify those things that, that hinder that relationship from being fruitful. And so God is saying to us, even tonight, that there are doors that we've closed. And God said that, that because he loves us so much that he's going to begin to identify those doors that we've closed and those doors that have been closed. If, if we don't address them somewhere down the line, it's going to pop up and it's going to be detrimental to our lives. But the loving part about God is God will identify. When you go to God and you ask him to identify those closed doors, he will begin to show you what they are. But then you know what he does? He says, come. He says, I'm going to go with you into those closed doors. So you don't even have to do this by yourself. So he stands there at the door. He grabs your hand. He walks you into the room. And he shows you whether it's stuff that we place underneath the rug, whether it's stuff that we place in the closet, whether it's stuff that we put in boxes that we just don't want to deal with. But God says in order for us to be able to be all that he's called us to be, that we've got to deal with those things. We have to deal with those things because they, they will get in the way of us becoming free. They will get in the way of us becoming all that he's called us to be. But he's such a loving daddy that, that he goes in there with us. He doesn't even leave us by ourselves. He doesn't say, all right, go in there and fix it. He says, no, 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 no. He says, I got your hand. We're going to go in there because, see, sometimes those things that we place in there are very hurtful to us. You may go in there. You may cry. But if God be for us, oh, hallelujah, who can be against us? Even going into our closed doors, God said that I'm with you, and I'm going to go in there with you. And we're going to sort out the truth of the matter. Because a lot of times, the things that we place in bags and boxes and underneath the rug, it's because we don't have the truth of the matter. But God says, I'm going to give you the truth of the matter. And he says, and that's where healing comes about. So some of the places, closed doors, closed 
and we begin to identify some of these closed doors at church, some of the closed doors are things, things that have happened to us. And, I, and let me say this, especially when we're children, there's so many of us have, have experienced trauma as children. And think about this, as an adult, sometimes we have a hard time of, of trying to understand or, or trying to put some meaning to things that have happened to us when we were adults. Imagine as a child, we don't know how to understand those things. And so they get buried sometimes even into our, our subconscious, or sometimes we, we don't want to deal with it as an adult. If we can remember some things, we don't even remember what happened or how it happened. So those are some of the things that are behind the closed doors. Then there's those things that we've done. You know, we've done those things that, that we might have done that we're ashamed of, those things that, that we feel like if I hadn't did that, my life wouldn't be like it is. And so I, I don't want to tell anybody, you know, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. But what happens is when we, when we put those things behind the closed doors, the things that we've done, it begins to eat away at us. And, and sometimes we don't understand why we're doing things as adults because we never dealt with the things that maybe we've done and we never went to God, we never asked for forgiveness, or, or we never received this forgiveness. So then there's things that are in that closed door of how we really feel about ourselves. You know, those things, if, if this was this or that was this. And mo- most of the time, uh, people that you see that are very, uh, I would say, aggressive are mostly people that are insecure because what they don't want you to see is they don't want you to see their, their, their frailness. They don't want you to see their faults. They don't want you to see the things that they're uh, not pleased about. And so there's so many things that we think about ourselves that are not even true, not even true. So we put behind the closed doors, and we don't want to deal with it. If I had a bigger this, so I had a longer ad, or if, if, if this hadn't happened to my life, and this is where I should be, and the list goes on. And then there, there's disappointments and hurts, and I just rather not deal with it. Like how many times have things happened to us and, and we say, you know what, I ain't dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that. I'd rather not deal with that. And we push it behind the closed doors. We push it in the closet. We push it in a basket, and we never deal with it because it's behind the closed door. And then there's another item that we put behind the closed door is we put stuff down and away. You know, those, those situations where it might not have worked out the way we thought it was supposed to work out, we might have tried something and it failed. And so what we've done is instead of going to God and asking God, okay, what do I do? We put it behind the closed door. We don't pick it up again. We don't deal with it again. We don't try it again because we consider ourselves as a failure or that particular thing failed. So we have all these things, y'all, behind the closed door that God says that he says, even though we close the doors, things behind the closed doors have an effect on our life, whether it's benevolent to us or not. He says they do. He says we got to go in those closed doors, and we have to deal with all the things that we place behind the closed door, get the truth of the matter by sitting with him, allowing him to reveal the truth of the matter so that we can be free. You know, there, there is, there is, and this is what he said to me 
me the other day. He said, there is a you that, that he knew beforehand and he purposed you to be. He tells us that we that have a, we have an intricate part in his plan of redemption upon the earth. He says, sons and daughters, allow me to show the truth of the matter of your life, that the weightiness of it will be lifted and you can move more freely in the places and things that I have orchestrated for your life in and with me. We are going to go through this together and further get ready for the new. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's the kind of God that we serve. He said, we're going to go through the things together so that we can be in position for all the new things, opportunities, and destiny and purpose that he has for us. We talked about some of the doors and things that we close, but you know what? God closes doors too. He does. He, he closes doors, hallelujah, and amen now. And the reason I say now is because a lot of times when God closes a door, we, we are very upset about it. We don't understand why he did that. And, and it's not until maybe later on down the, the road that we can understand, okay, God, I thank you that you closed that door that I wanted to stay open, but you knew more than I know. You know, I'm talking about like things like that job that we did not get. And it looked like we were shooing that relationship that looked like it was going to be it. And then it went south the house that we bid it on in the right neighborhood, in the school district, and we had all the amenities you wanted, and it goes to somebody else at the last minute, or it comes completely off the market. You become friends with someone, and they betray you. God said that it was not them. It was not them, but it was me closing the doors of what did not fit into my plan for your life. Hear me now. Hear me now. He said, in some cases, you see why now? and are grateful for the closed doors, and if not yet, you will see and be grateful. I do, I do know more about them and it than you do. I see and know what is forthcoming. I am privy to conversations of glory that you are not. I know the intent and the heart of man. I see danger afar off, so I choose to close the doors where some actually saved your life. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Did you hear me now? He said that there were some doors that he closed. He closed because he said, I am privy to conversations that you were not. I know the, the intent of the heart of man. I see danger afar off. I know that situation wasn't for you. That job wasn't for you. I, I see what's behind, what it looked good, everything that looked good ain't good. I should tell my sons that all the time. Everything that looked good ain't good. He said, but I chose to close the door. He said, where sometimes it saved our lives, y'all. It saved our lives, sometimes physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. God loves us, and God knows certain things that the enemy has planned for our, for our destruction. And so he says, no, I closed the door because I know more than you know. And then, you know, there are times, there are times that I've done this, that we have said to God behind the clothes when he closes doors, and we're, you know, we're so disappointed in the closed doors, and we say, come on, God, you could have, you could have, come on, you could have told me, you know, you, you didn't have to let me go all the way into this here thing, and then it, 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 it fell apart. Like, you could have told me ahead of time. And I remember I did that one time. I said, I said God, now you knew, and I, I shared this testimony with you guys before I had applied for a, a job, 
And uh, I, they told me, they said, you, you know, we're not even being considered for the job because you put in your application a day late. And I'm like, what? What, what are you talking about? And I'm reading it, reading it, and sure enough, the day that it was due, I was taking my son back to college. And so I thought I had the right date, but I didn't. So I wasn't even considered for the job. And I'm like, God, come on, God, come on. You could have told me this. You could have told me this way I would go on and did the application. He said to me, he said, yeah, I could have. He said, I could have told you, but you were so determined that this was a job that you wanted that you couldn't even hear me. He said, so I allowed you to go through your process, but I, I knew the door was closed. He said, because it wasn't even a job that I wanted for you. And hallelujah, because that door was closed, but the job that I got was a job that was much more fitted for me. It was a job that afforded me so many things that I needed for ministry even. I got a chance to travel. I got a chance to teach. I got a chance to be on board. I got a chance to, to, to do seminars. I got a chance to, to, to go uh, to so many different places. And, it, and I, that was the actual job that I actually retired from in 20, was it, 2014. So God knew that that was not the job that I wanted. So he said, but you were determined you wanted it. So I just let you go ahead. So sometimes we'll ask God, but God, come on, come on. But he doesn't, he tries to tell us, but we can become so determined that it's what we want, who we want, how we want, that God just allow the process to go, and then it fails. It fails because it's not what God would have for us. Remember, remember, uh, David, David, uh, there are times when, when God will close the door. He will close the door. This is where he says, I can close the door and on things that because it's not time yet. That's it. That's what I was looking for the word. It's not time yet. Remember with David. David, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 16. It says, and then Samuel took the horn of oil. This is about David. He says, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. But David went back to tending his father's sheep. God closed the door. He allowed him to be anointed, but he didn't allow him to step into kingship. He said, not yet. And some of us are in a not yet situation, not yet, because he said there are times that I close the door because you are not ready yet. There are still more experiences and even hardships that will give you testimony, power, and authority for what you have been chosen for. Remember, David was in a cave, and men came to follow him. He had the king's anointing to gather people, different kinds of people. He fought the lion and the tiger, and that allowed him to have faith to win over Goliath. He still had the king's anointing of faith. He was being chased and threatened by Saul. He had the king's anointing to trust God and the respect for the office. Even after becoming king, his indiscretion was Bathsheba. He had a repentant heart, creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. Lesson, God's closed doors have benefit. It's better on the other side for sure. For sure. Trust that he knows the plan for your purpose and your destiny. And I, and I always love this about David. David was anointed king, but David had to go back to tending his father's sheep because he wasn't ready yet for kingship. So, but he had the anointing. Oh, glory. That's why he could gather those men. And these were roughneck boys. 
but he can gather them because he had the anointing of kings upon him. He wasn't in the office yet, but he had the anointing. And so everything that he touched, it began to prosper because he had the king's anointing on him. So there are times when, when God will call you to a situation, but he won't open the door all the way or he keeps the door closed because you're not ready to take on the responsibility that goes with that particular thing. Remember, remember Joseph. Remember Joseph. Joseph being in the prison. And remember, he told the butler, he says, when you are restored, he said, tell them about me, that, that I'm a Hebrew, and I'm, I haven't done anything, and I was stolen away out of, out of the land that I, was, that I was in. He said, tell them about me. But here the butler goes, and he's restored to Pharaoh, but he forgets about Joseph. Joseph, it said it was two years, two years, two years before the butler told Pharaoh that he knows about this dude that was in the prison because the king has a, a dream. He said, but I know somebody because he interpreted my dream and the baker's dream, and what he said, he said it came to pass. But it was two years because I believe that, that remember, Joseph was not an Egyptian. He was not an Egyptian, but he was going to be put in place to be second in command to Pharaoh. So he had to stay a little while longer in where he was in the prison because he had to learn the culture of the people. He had to learn the custom of the people. He had to learn how they thought, what was important to them. After two more years, it said that then, then the butler remembered about Joseph, but it wasn't, it wasn't the butler. God was saying, now it's time. You've learned what you needed to learn. Now it's time for you to come out because now your gift, oh, go to the boat, Shanta. Your gift will make room for you. So now it was time for Joseph to come out of the prison, and now he becomes second in command to Pharaoh. So, so don't get don't get so bent out of shape when it looks like you're stuck in a place or it looks like the door is closed. God is working something out. Pray that God will show you. Pray that you will discontinue your relationship with God so that when he calls you out, when, when the door is opened by him, that you'll have everything that you need. What he said to me, too, he says, I close doors on counterfeits. Oh, I love this one now, y'all. On counterfeits, those easily swayed against you, not really for you, but against you, not part of your assignment not the path to purpose and destiny and distractions. He said, trust me and allow me to close the doors that need to be closed. You will be better for it in the long run. I am not a short-run God, but from everlasting to everlasting, and I'm sure. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, you will be better for it in the long run. I am not a short-run God but from everlasting to everlasting and sure. Now we're going to talk about, we talked about the closed doors, the doors that we close, the door that, that he closes. What about the doors that, that we open? And, and how do we choose better and the doors we should open now? Think about this. Whenever there's a, a break-in, the police always looks to see if there was a forced entry. And if so, where or was it an inside job? When things happen in our lives, is it because something was forcefully done outside of our doing or because what occurred was because of a door we left open, making it an inside job? If we take stock of the events of our life, we see 
I see personally where there were times I was careless, I just wanted what I wanted, trying to fill a gap or longing, distracted and not paying attention, and I left an entry for the enemy. And by the grace of God, my life was spared. Hallelujah. 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 I, re- I remember, and I thought about this, I remember when I lived in Philly, we had a, a back door to our house, and we had like a slider lock, a chain lock at the bottom, and then we had like a regular, just a lock that you, you could turn a certain way uh, on the top. And then the glass, it was like panes, glass panes in the door. And we always put that chain lock on the bottom, and we just turned the knob on the other lock. But this particular night at the time I was married, my, my, my uh, husband at the time, he had fell asleep downstairs. And uh, when he came upstairs, he forgot. I guess he was happy. He was still kind of droggy. So when he came upstairs, he didn't go in the kitchen and put the lock on the back door, the bottom lock on the back door. And wasn't it that the same night that somebody came and what they did was they took the, the wood paneling from around the glass, they moved paneling off the glass, they took the glass out, they didn't even break it. They just was able to reach in once they took the strip and they was able to reach in and unlock the door and the bottom lock they couldn't have been able to reach had it been on. But this was the night that he forgot to put it on. But what was more even interesting than that is that the person comes into our house. We have a car in the driveway. They know that we're in the house. Our back steps were kind of rickety, so they had to really be careful kind of coming up those steps. And uh, I saw him, he started moving, and he said, I said, you okay? He says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go downstairs and get some water because he didn't want to upset me. But somebody had come into our house. We're in the house. Somebody comes into our house in the dark. So it had to be somebody. I call it another one of those. It was in for, It was a forced entry in a sense, but it was also an inside job because it had to be somebody that knew us, number one, because they, they were able to unhook our stereo system in the dark. They went into the closet. They got his new leather jacket. So by the time he came downstairs, they had already hooked the stereo system. The speakers are laying in the driveway. Heard him coming. They ran, and they just dropped everything. So the only thing they got away with was his leather jacket. But, but what if, I always think about this. You know, if you're coming into somebody's house and you know that they're in the house, you, I know you got to be packing something, a gun, a knife, or something, because it's always a possibility that you are going to get caught because the people are in the house. But I bless God that, that the guy didn't do anything to him. He just dropped everything and he ran. That's what I'm talking about. But see how, 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 what if that chain had been on the bottom? He wouldn't have been able to get in. But the one night, see, the enemy is always looking for an opportunity to come and rob us of things. So when there's a, a break-in, the police always looks to see how did the enemy get in. You know, the enemy outside of us is always looking for a way to connect to wreck habit in our lives. And he connects to what we're not given victory over. The enemy always looks for an opening, whether it's fear, being desperate, being hopeless, the things that rattle us, like don't mess with my family, people we don't like, finances, our job, relationship, health, and our attitude and response about it. Anything to cost us to lose focus and moving forward. Those are the doors, y'all. 
that we that we open. So how how can we not open doors and 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 how can we make sure that that we're closing doors that need to be closed? Well, the one main thing that we need to to be able to have is we need to be able to discern. We need to be able to discern. Uh, the word discern means to perceive and and recognize to to make out, to pick out, to detect, to observe, to see, to spot, to identify, to determine, to distinguish, know the difference, to tell apart, to be cognizant of. We gotta be able to discern. You know, one of the things that I, I heard the other day, I uh, matter of fact I had a dream. I had a dream where I was I was pulling up to, to go to a dentist. Excuse me. Go to the dentist, and I was early, and I was sitting in my car, and I was sitting in my car, and the house, the dentist was in a house, in a house across the street. So I was sitting in my car, and there was this truck, this black truck that was parked in front of me, and I'm sitting there, and uh, the car, the truck pulls out and makes a U-turn to go up the street. The street was kind of narrow, but where I was parked, I made sure I was further enough on the side that he could get past. So they stop the truck right in front near my car, and the guy gets out. So I'm thinking to myself, I said, I bet he's coming over and asking me, you know, could I move over so he could have a little bit more room, but there was really no place for me to move. So the guy walks over to the car, and before I know it, he yanks my back door open. He gets in the car, and he sits, and he starts asking me some crazy stuff. And I'm like, you better get out of my car. You better get out of my car. You better get out of my car. And he gets he gets out of the car and then he goes back to the truck. And I woke up and the Holy Spirit said to me, He says, Never assume anything. He said, You assume that he was going to ask you just to move your car. He said, But but if you had a, been tuned into the spirit and you could discern, you knew that it was something up with these people, and you would have made sure, number one, that your doors were locked, and you wouldn't assume that this is what he was going to ask you. And so in order for us to have closed doors, locked doors, y'all, we got to be able to discern the truth of the matter. Remember, remember when Solomon, when the angel came and, and, and got in a dream, uh, asked Solomon, what did he want? Because now he's put in position uh, to be king outside of his father. This is in 1 Kings chapter 3. And it says, standing heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. You know, and that's what we have to do. Lord, we have to ask him to give us the spirit of discernment so that we can know the truth of the matter. Because remember, Jesus said that expedient that I go away and I will send you the spirit and I'll send you a comforter and it's going to lead you in all truth. So the only way we're going to get real truth, y'all, is by the spirit. So this is what I want us to do even now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch out on this right now. I want us to, to ask God. We're going to ask God together. I can't hear you, but you guys can hear me. And we're going to ask God to give us the ability to discern the difference between good and bad. You know, bad not just as sin, but what is not his will for our lives. So I want us to say this together. We're going to petition God together tonight. Say this after me. Lord God. Give us the ability to discern between good and bad and your will 
for our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we bless you. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So we have just petitioned God to give us the spirit of discernment, the ability to discern between good and bad, because sometimes we don't know, y'all. We don't know if Jesus said, I got to go and send back the comforter, and the spirit of truth will come and will lead you in all truth. That tells me that there are so many things that we think are true that are not true. We want the truth of the matter for our lives. I, that, that, that whole thing with that person in that dream, that could have went a whole nother way. But I woke up, I was so glad it was a dream. <laughs> have you ever had dreams and you wake up, you're like, woo, I'm so glad that was a dream. You know, for somebody to just jump in my car like that. But he was telling me, pay attention, pay attention. Assumption is, is head knowledge. Somebody need to jot that one down. Assumption is head knowledge. Assumption is flesh, but spirit is truth. And that's what we have to be led by. That's how we close the door, that the only doors that we open are the doors that we are supposed to open. Oh, glory to God. Also, think about this. There are, there are benefits in discerning. You know, there's, there's benefits in discerning. Remember, it's over in 2 Kings chapter 6 where uh, the king of Assyria, he was, he was coming up and talking about how they were going to attack Israel. And every time that, that they were about to attack Israel, Israel would move. They would move. They would move the troops. They would move everybody. And so the king of Assyria kept saying, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How come, how come every time we get ready to attack them, they have moved their operation? He says, who's against us? There must be a, a traitor in, in the bunch that's going and telling them. But this is what, this is what they said to him. He says, none, my lord, O king. But Elijah, the prophet that is in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. He says he tells him the things that thou speakest in thy blood bedchamber. You know, he has privy. God has privy to conversations that you do not, but he will share with you to help you make better choices and better decisions and even save your life as you stay pressed into him. Oh, glory. See, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing I like. Well, tell me, tell me, tell me stuff that I don't even know. I've, I've had a situation where, where God was showing me that I was going to have this conversation with this person. And after uh, I could hear the conversation, Holy Spirit said, but your response was not the right response. And, and, he, and he began to tell me how I was supposed to respond to that particular situation. It was not probably an hour later that the situation arose. The person came with the situation, but because God had already told me that my response was going to be wrong in the flesh, but my spirit would have the right words to say. And sure enough, that I was able to respond accordingly, that diffused the whole situation, because had I answered the way I really wanted to answer, it would have just gotten worse. It got it would have got ugly. But God said, nope, that's not the way you're going to respond. You're going to respond like this. See, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, that, that, that God, there are benefits in discerning, that God will show us how to discern. He will show us different things that, that we can do and we can hear so that we can make better choices and better decisions. Also, he said that 
discerning helps to eliminate error or denial. And this is what I really loved about this one. He used an example. Remember, this is in Genesis chapter 38. This is with Tamar. Remember Tamar, that, that, that her father, father-in-law had said that, you know, she's been married to his sons and she didn't have any children and they died. And he had one more son and he said, you know, when he's of age, I'm going to give him to you. But he didn't. He didn't give her to him and she wanted a child. So what did she do? She dressed herself up as a harlot and they knew, she knew that, that I think his wife had died, the father-in-law had, uh, wife had died. And so, so now he was going on the road, and he saw this woman that was, was clothed, and she was kind of covered all up, and he thought she was a harlot because she was by the road. And he stopped, and he inquired, he inquired of her, and he said, you know, come and, and lay with him. And so she, she laid with him, him not knowing that that was his daughter-in-law. So she, he said, I don't have anything to give you. I'll send back a kid. So she says, well, you know, you can give me your bracelet. You can give me your ring and your staff, and I'll hold it until you send back the kid. Well, then he goes back to the palace, and later he sends the kid looking for her, and the people in town are saying, there's no harlot. Ain't no harlot been out here. So he said, no, there was a harlot by the road. And they said, no, there's nobody. No, no, we don't know who you're talking about. And so now, you know, he's in a pickle because he thought it was his a harlot. It was his daughter-in-law, but he gave her his stuff. Let me say this. So never give somebody all your stuff that will identify who, that was dumb on his part because he was not discerning. His flesh was all in that thing. So when she said, give me the ring and the signet and the bracelet and that, he gave it all to her. So she had all his stuff to identify who he was. So now they find out that she's with child. And they go and tell him, and they said, we're going to stone her because she's, she's been a harlot. She done slept with somebody else, and now she's pregnant. And so what did she say when they come to get her? She said, tell, tell the king this. She says, I pray thee, she says, by the man whose these are, I am with child. And she said, discern, discern, I pray thee, whose are these? The signet, the bracelets, and the staff. <laughs> See, where there's two discernment. There's no room for error or denial. He could not deny that it was him. He could not deny that that was his stuff. So there are benefits in discerning because it eliminates error and it eliminates denial. So that's why she said, discern this, <laughs> discern this, discern this. This is your stuff. So this is who is the father of my child. Now, this was his daughter-in-law. Now, even though he, she might have been all covered up, I'm quite sure she said something. He, he, this is his daughter-in-law. He should have known her voice. It's something about her mannerisms should have noticed, but he didn't because he was all into his flesh, and his flesh is what got him in trouble. So that's why she could say, discern this. You can't deny this. Discern this because I got your stuff. You know, so it's got to be, it's so important that we move in the spirit of discernment. But not only in moving in discernment, we also have to obey, obey what we discern. Now, how many times have we discerned something and we didn't obey it? Like, like, say, for instance, you, you, prime example, he's giving it to me now. I was, I remember parking in the parking lot at the Metro 
and I was running late that day, and I pulled into the parking space, and it was kind of close to the car. wasn't a whole lot of space for the next car. The Holy Spirit said, the next car to pull in, it's going to be tight, you know. And I'm like, yeah, it is a little tight, but I looked at my watch, and I'm running, I'm running late for work. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead. I pulled in anyway. I came back after work. The whole side of my car was scratched. And all I could say was, I didn't obey. I didn't obey. It was enough. It wasn't enough that I heard it, but I didn't obey it. And so we have to get to the place that not only are we discerning, but we're also obeying what we heard. First Samuel fifteen twenty two says. And Samuel said, has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of lambs. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord when God told him what he needed to do. He needed to kill everybody, but he didn't do that. He says, he has also rejected thee from being king. Our disobedience will always cost us to lose something of value. It's not enough to discern, but we've got to also obey. There's benefits in discerning, and there's benefits in obeying. I was sharing with the church about a month ago. It was time for me to get an oil change, and I have been going in the neighborhood to this repair place motor auto place, and I have been getting my oil changes there instead of going to to the uh, the dealer because my son had turned me on to it. But this particular time, it was just in my spirit that I needed to go because they checked a lot of things. They didn't check some things I needed to get checked. So I, it was in my spirit to go back to the dealer. Well, they had just opened a new dealership down the road, and then there's one further away that I normally would go to. So I thought about it for a second. I said, okay, should I go to the new one or should I go to the one I normally go to? So within my spirit, go to the one that you have gone to all the time. They have your records and everything. So I drive out there. to It's a further distance. I get out there, and they do the routine uh, check, uh, all the checkpoints. They do the oil change, and then it didn't take that long. And then the guy came, and he says, here's your bill. This is, you know. Everything checked out pretty good. You don't, you don't have anything that you need to repair. And uh, he gave me the bill, and the bill was a dollar. <laughs> oh, glory. The bill was a dollar and 72 cents. Y'all hear me? <laughs> My oil change was a dollar and 72 cents. What they did was they gave me their company, some kind of company reward. I haven't been there a couple years. They gave me a company reward. So the only thing I owed was $1.72. I said, God, I thank you. Because he told me, obedience. There are benefits in not just discerning, but it's also benefits in obeying. Oh, glory to God. And then he talked to me about doors that we open and doors that we close. He said, but, but now there's time there are doors that we can open, doors that we can open. He said, you can trust again. You can love again knowing that, that everything that might have happened to us, it was not our fault, and we have to forgive folks, and that we have to walk in the truth of the matter. And that's why God wants us to go into that room so he can give us the truth of the matter so that we're not afraid 
2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God says that as I give you the truth of the matter, he says some doors you can open. You can open. You can trust again. He says, I'm going to show you who to trust and not who to trust. I'm going to show you that. He said, if you stay close to me, he said, but don't just close yourself off and say, well, I'm going to never trust again. I'm not going to never love again. I'm not going to ever try to try to start a business again. I'm not going to write that book again. I'm not going to do any of that. No, God said, no, 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 no. Come on. Let's heal those places. Let me tell you the truth of the matter so that you can begin to live again. He said, seek me out in everything and every day. This allows the chatter and the noise of the world to not be your influencer. He says, I will lead and guide you in making better choices and decisions with the truth of all matters. As you hear, he said, receive and obey that your days be fruitful and you can multiply the me in you upon the earth. Believe that the most powerful truth in God opening doors, any door, all doors, anytime and anywhere is ever keeping in the forefront of your thinking is that he is who he say he is. And since he is who he say he is, he is more than able to do so. Oh, glory. He is more than able to do what he say he's going to do. And that causes us to walk in a certain level of confidence and determination. Oh, hallelujah. God, God, God just does so many things. He doors, you know, there are doors that he opens that we can come out and there are doors that he, he opens that, that we can go in. You know, remember the Israelites, they were brought out of Egypt, part of the Red Sea, and they came out, and then they came over. Remember, Jesus prayed to God for Lazarus. He's being dead for four days. He went from death, he went from death to life. Opened the door of the cave, he came out, and he was able to live. Oh, glory to God. Then there are times when God will will open the door and take us in. Remember, God promised Abraham that he would become father of nations when Sarah was barren, and they both were old. He had he had Isaac when he was what? He was 99 years old, and, and no, Abraham was 100, and she was 90 when Isaac was born. He opened her womb so the child could come forth. Oh, glory to God. Even with Noah, remember he said that he took Noah and his folks on the, on the, on the ark, and it says that God shed him in. God shed him in. But when it was time for him to come out, he, God was the one that told him to go forth out of the ark. Thy and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wife to be. God did not forget about them. And God says to say to you, I have not forgotten about you either. God wants the best for us because he loves us with the everlasting love. He says, let us continue to stay before God. And allow him to reveal the truth of the matters of our life, that we walk in healing, purpose, destiny, and that we co-labor with him upon the earth. He thinks enough of us to bring it to pass. Let us not overlook the provision that he has made for us, which is in himself. He loves us with an everlasting love, and he wants us to know it is so. Embrace him as he embraces you. The greater of you awaits you, and again, it is so. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are closed doors and there are open doors. But God is saying, I'm going to give you the truth of the matter so that you can walk in, in purpose and you can walk in destiny and that, that you won't 
You won't close yourself off from people. You won't even close yourself off from him. You won't close yourself off from yourself, but you'll be able to live life. And he says, I come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. There is just so much more that God has for us. So during this time, spend some time before God. Show him. Show him or, or tell him, you know, show me the doors, God, that I've closed. Or show me the doors that I opened that I should close. Tell me the truth of the matter, Lord God. I'd rather him tell me that my stuff is all jacked up than leave me out here all by myself. You know, some of the stuff may hurt when he tells you. But, but there's healing. There's healing in truth. There's healing in truth. Hear me now. There's healing in truth. God wants us to walk in the truth of the matter so that we can be all that he's called us to be. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, you know, before I end, I want to I want to share this quick nugget with you that I got yesterday during the service. And, and it was like he said to us, he said, let us not rush getting done with 2022 and instead being excited to get into 2023, that we miss the gems of wisdom, revelation, opportunities that God still has for us now. And I saw, I saw gems of all sorts. I saw diamonds and rubies and pearls and sapphires being given out. And he said, now until the rest of the month, he said, these gems are going to help you stay grounded and rooted through the holiday and position you properly for 2023. Do not miss what you are going to need now and beyond. Amen and amen. You know how we like, I just can't wait to 2023 come in. 2020, it's been a mess. And we almost stopped living in 2022 because we're so excited about 2023. He said, but there's still things I have for you. There's still things I want to tell you. There's still things I want to give you. There's still revelation in 2022 in the month of December that I want to show you that will help you get through 2022 and position you for 2023. So do not, do not rush, trying to rush into 2023 and you miss the gems. Oh, glory of wisdom and revelation and provisions that God has for you for the month of December. The month of December is not over. Don't rush out of it to try to get to January because you're going to miss some things that you're going to need for 2023. Let 2022 play out because God said, I have more to tell you. I have more to give you. He says, and it's going to position you for the rest of the month, and it's going to position you for 2023. Amen? Amen and amen. So, Father God, we just bless you tonight, and we honor you, and we adore you. And I want to say this, too, that as we're, this is the last broadcast for the year. This is December 2022. It sounds so strange, but this is the last broadcast for, for the year. So I want to say if, if you've been on the broadcast with me through the year and you've been, been on here tonight and you have never asked Jesus Christ to just to take your life over so that, that you'll be able to get healed from those doors that you closed, that you'll be able to come out of those, those broken places and, and you'll be able to get the truth of the matter, that you won't blame yourself and you can forgive and you can live. And if you've never asked him to show you how, then tonight would be the night. What better time as we end the year on a, on, on, on a place where we, we're saying, God, I surrender. Jesus, I thank you that you gave yourself for me. You on the line on this broadcast tonight, and you've never asked to him to take your life over so that you can, can come out of those closed doors, those closed 
places, those, those mindsets, and live the way God says that you should live, then I just need you to, to say this with me tonight. I ask for forgiveness, and I believe that, that Jesus, that you died for me a sinner. And because you died for me, I know that, that you can show me how to live, that you can show me how to, to deal with my open doors, my closed doors, and, and how, to, how to be the person that you called me to be. So I yield tonight. I surrender, and I ask that you would make my life new and cause me to be new as well. And I thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, if you surrender tonight and you've asked God to now be the orchestrator of your life, please contact me and let me know. I have some additional information that I'd love to send to you to help you on your new journey. Again, I can be reached at Apostle S. Jones at Rehoboth. That's R-E-H-O-B-O-T-H, S as in Frank, L-C dot org. I would love to know that it was you, and what better time, what better time, even if you get off the board, if you get quiet before him and, and ask him to take your life, let me know. Let me know so I can send you some, some information. So I'm just grateful. I am grateful for all of you that have come tough with me uh, for 2022. I pray that you have been blessed, something that you've heard during the year have blessed you and caused you to know everything going to be all right. And so I just bless God for you tonight. I thank you for joining me uh, tonight as well, and, and hopefully you'll be able to join me again starting the top of the year of 2023. I pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas holiday and knowing you are indeed blessed. I pray that the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Hallelujah. And I pray for your family even tonight. Your family, that your family be blessed, your family be covered, and your family be blessed, and that, that, that it would be a good, a good month. See, I, see, I don't want to rush into 2023. I pray that you're covered in the month of December and that you're able to, to grasp those gems that God has for you so that you'll be, be able to finish strong in in the month of December and be in position for 2023. So God bless you. God bless you. Once again, thank you for hanging out with me. And I look forward to what God has for us at the top of the year, that we're going to just jump into the word again and let God just be God. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. And probably I won't even, it'll be the new year too. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Love you guys. Love you guys. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to When Christians Speak Talk Radio. This is just a reminder. Kiss Abound and Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work with Pastor Pat Randall is every Thursday at 12 noon. Friday Night Joy with Pastor Ray is the first, the second, and the fourth Fridays at 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Pastor Ray is the first and the third Sundays at 7 p.m. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Norena Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. 
Adoration with Evangelist Louis McIlwain is every third Monday of the month at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, the Body of One with Pastor Eric and Pastor Tamika Thompson is every fourth Sunday at 7 p.m. Hour 3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Antonio Mitchell, Tyrone Rose, Cleophus Malone, and Esther Green is every second Sunday at 7 p.m. Our weekly prayer is called Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. This is a free conference call number. The number is 712-770-5505. The access code is 732-4505. Amen. Also, I want to remind you of Matters of the Heart Singles Ministry broadcast. We broadcast every third Friday at 7 p.m. Our hosts are Renee Malone, Ray Rose, Hope Williams, Robert Waring, Maggie Wilson, and Felicia Shears. We're excited about this group of people. Our singles coming together and speak and say what does says the Lord. We also have the more newest broadcast called Spiritual Nuggets of Truth and everybody else on the second and the fourth Monday of the month at 8pm is led by Minister Carmen A. Booker and we appreciate her coming on and being new to the family Amen. We want to encourage you to go and check out our website of When Christmas Speak Talk Radio and on that you can find a little bit more about the different hosts and a little bit more about uh, what we got going on, some of the previous broadcasts and platforms that you use also, you will be able, if you would like to sow a seed or a donation into the ministry, you can do that now by clicking on Donate Now. I thank you for your time, and again, I thank you for listening to When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. God bless you. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.